0: Everybody, it's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny.
1: You're very welcome along to LOI Central. Dan is back from his uh, globe trotting. He's back from uh, Woodge or whatever it's called. Johnny Ward uh, and Dan McDonald, which as ever, I'm back from uh, the Blasket Islands. And uh, football is back if you're a Premier Division fan. Uh, big round of games this weekend. Obviously, Ireland have had a big round of games. We've also had the draw for uh, the European Games. And uh, we're going to hear a reaction very shortly from Greg Bulger to what at least on paper, looks an incredibly favourable draw for Sligo Rovers in terms of logistics and everything else. We are in association with Future Ticketing, Porterhouse Brew and Collar and Cuff. Collar and Cuff will give you a free shirt and tie if you get a suit. Um, And thanks to all our sponsors as ever. And later on, we'll be giving four brews away from the Porterhouse. And uh, we'll hear from Stephen O'Donnell in the main part of the show, ahead of 2nd v. 1st In the premier division on friday night and the dog having a great one of us of late dan welcome back
0: thank you johnny i mean i've been busy you've been busy in your own way we are still remote i'm i've only just back in the country a few hours um and you've been out i don't know living a sort of a sort of a primal existence back in the blasket islands like no electricity you just sort of warm and pasta with your bare hands or something i don't know how it is you actually function out there in 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 the in the wild yeah well well, they're doing different things
1: they did have they did have a charger facility for your phone so you could charge your phone so I ended up doing like zoom calls out there Um, i've been on holidays it feels like i've been working much of the time at least every day anyway and uh it again, was the case uh, doing you know Billy Denny remotely last week? with we a good reaction to that, a big positive uh, for Kerry FC potentially joining the league. And obviously, unfortunately, we are remote again. And um, but I managed to get in Stevie and Greg Bulger. So, um, it's just modern life, Dan. This is it.
0: That's it. And I've just been. I mean, I'd like to say I've been on international duty, with, which would suggest that I've been playing for Ireland, I'm representing Ireland. I and mean, I've just been working really. But um, a lot of League of Ireland fans. Uh, on the road in Łódź, I mean, uh, in Armenia as well, uh, sort of uh, happened upon a couple of podcast listeners along the way. Um, someone was telling me I was very harsh on you again. I mean, this is just a recurring theme, you know, so I'm trying not to be harsh on you today. Um, so angry, anyway. if, if you could try not to say things that are daft, that would obviously help. Um, I mean, the European draws happened when I was in Łódź, um, and sort of... Um, So the usual, it feels like the European draws are generally later, you know, but it's probably just because this international window went on forever that it just spilled into the traditional date. Um, I mean, it it is potentially like the most exciting time of the year. I don't think the draws have gone too badly. I mean, the the main one is the Shamrock Rovers one, and they've got the best result possible, which is, you know, Hibs of Malta. Again, it's one of those where I'm sure Hibs are good because all these champions are generally good because they know how to win games. Like, like you know i would never be disrespectful about any team in, in the champions league round you, you can probably get per teams in the conference league but generally all the champions teams have something about them um but but in recent years hibs haven't been terrific and uh, of course hibs playing here brings back memories of 20 years going out let's not talk about details because our quiz question later is going to be related to this way. game
1: if they do win well, the prelude, my, that's our sudetia of uh,
0: Yeah, it's my fir- the first game i ever received money to cover was yeah. uh, shells against hibs at malta so this is effectively my 20 year journalism anniversary um that, that oh. this this tie because um, shells were very much fancied against hib that time and uh, i got a gig from uefa.com uh, the regular correspondent in ireland was away and uh, there you was, knew a geezer in
1: UEFA, is that how you got the job?
0: The D- dog connections there, basically. Yeah. And I tell you what, I got some good money for that uh, for that game. Good money for what was a sort of whatever 19 or 20 year old at the time. I, I splashed out by having a quarter pounder and, and chips afterwards. I recall that. Um, tasted better than the result of the game, obviously, which was a, a massive disappointment for Shells at the time, but they made up for it uh, in due course. But listen, for, for Rovers, it's one of these where. Um, they, if they if they have ambitions to be progressing in Europe, if they, as you see them as are, are you know, are, are one of the best sides in recent League of Ireland history, and I mean I'm not saying I don't agree with you on that. I'm saying they need to prove it in Europe, and to do it you have to be able to beat a team like this. That like, this is a great opportunity, and you have to take it. Um, Derry City, Riga is the, the, the a tough one in the first round, you know, and and I think for Derry it's a small but unfortunate that. The only pl- upshot of playing Riga was you were getting seeded status if you went through. And yet, if they get through, they potentially face a decent team to come second in Slovakia last year. Um, or a team from Lithuania. Uh, Rivas Drakovskis, of course, plays for Riga. So he'll be reunited with uh, Patching, McElhenney, Duffy, Higgins. Um, he'll, he'll know more. He'll know about more. Though I'm sorry, there wouldn't have been a crossover with Higgins. Apologies. But there would have been with the others. Um, he'll know more about uh, Dundalk, or sorry, Dunderry than most, a bit of a sort of a slip there. Dummigan. sorry, that's the other one I'm thinking of. Um, I think the Sligo Rovers one, we'll hear from Bulger later, I mean you play a Welsh team at this time of the year at any time it's a good draw whenever, when you look at it, but particularly facing teams in pre-season I mean, Sligo let themselves down really in Europe last year, it, it, it probably was the beginning of the end for Liam Buckley um, they have a chance to redeem themselves and then potentially play Motherwell and I was talking to some Scottish journalists who were over for the Ireland game last week just generally about European games coming up and they were saying Motherwell weren't in good shape at all. Mm. Um, wouldn't be high hopes about how they would do. Um, I see some uh, their That's chairman, good, their, their chief, chief executives tweeting away there about potentially moving the ties, something to do with relaying their pitch. But I actually think Motherwell playing them away first would be brilliant and playing them away set you know. So I, I, I hope they don't get anywhere with that. And the rovers have a job to do to get there in the first place. Um, and then the Pats one, yeah, I mean, I always felt with Pats, I mean, it's great to get the buy naturally for sort of financial reasons and to move on to the second round. But um, it's, it's, it's from the perspective of sort of momentum and stuff and just getting the taste of a win, it's like you're dropped yeah. cold into Europe. And I think I think they they I think they take the Moldovan side if they got through, um, because all the Moldovan sides apart from Sheriff aren't particularly good. Even though Pat's fans just they shiver when they hear Moldova. Mm. Um, But more than likely they're going to place Mura from Slovenia, um, who did well, got to the Conference League group stages last year. You know they beat Spurs um, along the way, but they've lost a lot of players since then. It seems like that was like a sort of the dark 2016 for them. But they've lost their manager and a number of their players. So, but they're still, you know, a very, very good club, um, you know, a strong club. So that is a a tough one, a really tough one for for Pat's, I think. But um, not insurmountable. I think if we want to have any standards and and you know desire for our league to advance, uh, you have to sort of embrace these ties. And if you consider how close Bowes were able to push Pout last year, uh, and how close the Dock were able to push vitus Arnhem last year um i don't think any of the prospective opponents of the conference league sides are as good as those so um that's where you need to have some degree of belief or otherwise i mean then all debates about standards and stuff which someone referenced that we talk about every week when, while they're not improving if if you're daunted by all of these ties um but they will be underdogs in a lot of cases i think that's that's fair yeah. And overs. They've got to take a another fair whack of cash from the Gavin Bazinu sale because they have a good sell-on clause. So I think Gavin Bazinu's sale to Shamrock Rovers worth more than three million euro now. Um, in, in hindsight, so uh, what a story that is.
1: Yeah, that's how you do. Uh, that's how you do uh, clauses and add-ons. Let's hear from Greg Bulger, um, who reflects here now on Sligo season, the uh, change of manager recently and the draw, which we mentioned.
2: Greg Bulger, how are you, keeping? All good, Johnny. All good. Can't complain. You were
1: uh, out playing golf for Gary Buckley today.
2: I was out. Yeah, I was out with Gary. Was, who else was out? Ad Ad McDonald and and, um, and Keener. Handy few, Bob. Handy few, Bob.
1: What's the What's the morale like in a squad? Kind of when you undergo a manager change and stuff like that. Um. Sorry, say that again. I didn't hear that. What's the morale like in a squad when the manager changes? Like, because I guess it does change the dynamic a little bit.
2: Yeah, look, for me personally, um it was probably my first it was my first time in all the time in the years uh kind of losing a manager during the season, you know. Um so it was kind of all new to me. Um I know those few lads, Dave Cawley and a few other lads have kind of gone through it before, but um so I kinda of wasn't sure. But um but look, it's it's a case where we were obviously disappointed that Liam, the Liam left. We kinda of felt like we left him let him down. We certainly did. Um and then it was kind of a case where it was done so quick. We just wanted a new manager in and see where we went from. And I think uh, we were all kind of hoping that it would be John, to be honest. Because um, so we know the way, way he operates. And he knows us, the players. know, as a group of lads. So, and obviously the board appointed him. So I think the lads were, were, uh, were happy that he, he was appointed, you know.
1: And did Liam kind of say his goodbyes to you then?
2: Yeah, it was just a case where he came in one of the mornings. I'm not sure. Think it was, I think it was after the Bows game. Was It a Saturday or Sunday morning he just said look that was that was it it was he was that saying was his goodbyes and it was kind of sad it was sad to be honest sad like I said i have never experienced it so um it's just a case where you know Liam, being, the way Liam is top man he's basically saying there's more illness and we um, should be striving to keep going and getting better and he's kind of saying that in the back of him leaving us so it kind of sums him up, you know. That's a nice quality to have. Yeah,
1: great. Um and in terms of um like the last sort of couple of months you just seem to have I, apart from I know the good draw at home in Sean Rovers the farmers seemed to be dipped
2: a bit yeah look we've been so inconsistent um, it's probably why Liam left the job you know we could have we could have a good great performance the next week not so good so it was kind of hard to put your finger on our, what, what it was we've um, got a good group of players good honest group of lads that want to do well so it was kinda, it's kind of not a case where if, you know it was just a case where Probably something needed to give. I don't know. And unfortunately, the man stops with Lehm and he had to go. But um, in, in the club's eyes, so look, um, it's a case now where we look, we had a good result. John came in, probably had a bounce. Uh, we were excellent against Derry at home. I know they going through a bad now? Sorry? How much of a boost was that? Yeah, it was great. Look, we kind of knew we had it in us and we just needed to keep going. And then we had, a, obviously, Russ coming in and we probably tra- trained a bit more probably in more days. Obviously he wanted to put his stamp on things and then obviously before the break we drew U C D. We probably shouldn't have drawn, should have probably had that game out of sight and then we end up drawing and it was kind of tails back or it's kind of a case then where the draw was probably a fair enough result in the end. But um obviously at the break now we've been in training a lot. We had running I think we finished U C D on a Friday. We're back in on a Thursday and we've had a good two weeks training before before this league game now the weekend. So obviously we've we've put a lot of work on the training ground and hopefully now we can kick on. Um, and obviously, Russ has put his stamp on things, and what he wants done, he doesn't leave any stone unturned. So hopefully now we can finish the season positive. I know it's only halfway through, and there's a lot of big games coming up with Europe and the Cup, and obviously trying to get Europe. So hopefully now we can we can kick on, and we should we should.
1: And you, you tweaked your training a bit with the new manager?
2: Yeah, look, we've I've just been in more days. Obviously, John and John, Russ and Gaffer now. We may start calling the Gaffer now. Uh, the Gaffer and. Ryan Casey been in, and they want to put put their ideas across. So it was a case where we're, lads are obviously there's holidays, there's a break and all, but were, lads were happy to come in, and um, training's been excellent. Um, we probably tweaked a few things of training and stuff. From more days in, and we've been working hard. So hopefully we can over going over the next few few months, you can see that now in a performance and our results.
1: Yeah, what's Ryan Casey like?
2: Yeah, top lads. Um, yeah, he's a bit mad, but he can switch it on, switch it off. He uh, he's a great character to have to have around the dressing room and he can have his laugh and a bit of banter, but uh, when it comes on to the pitch, he gets his word across really well and I think he's a, he's a top coach, to be honest. Um, I've only met him since he came in, so but uh he's the lads love him, yeah.
1: And John Russell obviously was kind of touted for a job at some stage and um, like is it is it that he's kind of a good coach? Uh, what are his attributes you think that'll serve you well?
2: Yeah, look, I think John is obviously lean when Lean was a manager, uh, Liam wanted it done a certain way. And John kind of obviously won obviously was doing it the way Lean wants it like any coach would do, but now I think John has his own ideas on what way we want to go about it going forward. And like I said, he's like kind of Ryan, right, he gets his message across well. He's a great coach and obviously he deal with people, he's 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 socially very good. So um I just think going forward that we we you should see improvement in our in our performances and our kind of style of play. But uh Russ just doesn't leave any stone on turn, doing a lot of video analysis and stuff, um, going over to any team we play, uh, gives you all the info on all the players. I just think he 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 wants to really do well here, obviously in Sligo. Being been from up this way, I know he's a Galway man, but he's probably uh they adopted him here in Sligo. But yeah, he will now. not leave he will he will leave no stone on Sorry, yeah, the Galway connection. I forgot, Johnny, sorry. But um uh, yeah, really for a no, reason, you know, it's happening. <laughs> He'll leave no stone unturned and um, he's uh, enthusiastic and he wants to go and he knows the game inside out. I've played with John at St. Pats for a year, two years, and um, I know the way the
1: kind of person he is and he's hungry to do well. Do you feel like what Liam was saying when, when he left, that you have more to give? Like, Do you feel that you have that you can make the top four again at the very least at the end of the season?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Look, I mean, there's no guarantees in anything, but I think Barsham Rovers, I think the league is, is, is so tight. You know, it's, and it's been like that the last few years um, so like there's no given right but like, well, I think our performances need to be better and if our performances are better we're going to give ourselves a chance of, of climbing the table so I really do think that we, we will be there at the end of the, end of the year and uh, that's what we'll be striving for.
1: How do you feel you've played yourself personally?
2: Um, I've, okay okay. not probably as good as last year um, I got a knock I think the second night in, into the season in, on my leg and I kinda of missed about four weeks, five weeks. And I was kind of playing catch up and then I was getting back um getting back to the levels that I wanted to play at and then we had a break. So um obviously now I'm suspended now again or suspended again. It's the first time this season actually sorry but I have suspended now so I'm looking to kick on, finish well. Um obviously a lot of big games coming up and um, looking forward.
1: Yeah and let's just talk briefly now about the draw. Uh, I mean it just looks a dream draw, really. If you overcome Ballatown Town from Wales, you face Motherwell. and I think there might be talk Motherwell are, are, are hoping to switch the clash, um, the legs of the clash, whoever they may play. But, I mean, in terms of logistics, this must be a dream draw for you.
3: Yeah, it was
2: great. It's great for the club. Um, logistics and the travelling.
1: I know there was flights there. You could have
2: flights into Liverpool, looking at it there, and heard fans on about, like, for thirty euro, you know cost you thirty euro to drive to the petrol station these days. So mm. it's actually great. I know the flights have gone up now, but um it's great for the club. Not, it's no cam- and for, obviously for the players as well. It's not a big camera ride right, going across Europe and in terms of the area, we know where we're going. So um it's good. It's it's good financially for the club. And um I suppose when you go play in Europe you're kinda of thinking of a European style team that's gonna play. But um I'm sure they're kind of similar probably similar to as in a, being a physical team in of league kind of like ourselves so um, it's good yeah
1: Yeah and just finally then like do you want to kind of right the wrongs of Europe last year because I guess you feel you, you let yourselves down a bit
2: Yeah look we've got to be honest I think the draw is the most favourable draw we could have got we're not t- obviously not taking town lightly or anything but you look at the other teams we could have got um, we could have had a lot harder draws so we kind of kind of take advantage of that uh, do our homework on them and please God we get through two rounds or through, through the first round and take it from there but it's it's there's no easy game so look we're we're just looking forward to it now Um, obviously the league is more important now next few weeks but something to look forward to put on the back burner and i'm sure we're ready and like i said with russ and analyzing teams and players to be no stone unturned. thanks a million for your time greg johnny no problem pleasure as always
1: yeah it sounds like there's been a change in the training regime there dan which is obviously notable.
0: Yeah, I mean, Russell is going to be dropped well in at the deep end here. I mean, I suppose he has been already, but I think that these European games are huge, you know. Um, and I, I know, obviously, I, I'm not going to repeat myself. I think we talked about this last week. When, when you have someone who was part of the coaching team before and they're getting the chance to uh, to, go, to go out as the, the number one, I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, that scenario, but I suppose they have to probably differentiate themselves from... How things operated day to day before. I mean, they don't. I don't think that they wanted continuity. They wanted a change. Um. So there's going to be a real test of of him now in the in the coming weeks. Like because I think these those European games in particular, like they they have a big advantage over Ballotown in terms of fitness and and sharpness and stuff. Um. But they haven't been terrific. Um. So I just need to have the right mindset and approach because I think there's a danger. I mean, even the way we're talking there, we're all talking about Waterwell, and it's probably the wrong thing to do. Uh, but that's human nature of 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 people in our job and and people in that and people in the wider world will do it. Um but uh, yeah, listen, it's 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 interesting to hear his thoughts. And obviously Greg Bulger, a good relationship with Lean Buckley. Greg Bulger, who I believe was stopped from joining Motherwell at some stage. Uh, it was the one chance he got to go overseas. And I think yeah, it was hats. Motherwell a couple of years ago. Yeah, back, uh, right back to that. But anyway, um, you were talking to Stephen O'Donnell because I mean, it, it's it's strange that uh, you do have a top two game this week coming off the back of an international break at Premier Division level, which was longer than we expected. And I know Dundalk sort of crept into second uh, before the break, so it's not like it doesn't have the feel of the build up that that Dundalk. Uh, Sorry, that a Derry and Rovers game did in Tala and even Rovers bows next week. They're they're selling it out well in advance. And Mm -hmm. and this one has sort of slipped under the radar. But you had a good long chat with Stephen O'Donnell today about uh, various issues. So maybe we'll just hear that now.
1: Uh, See, we just, um, I I sort of got the impression talking to you in the pre season that you're quietly hopeful about uh, how Dundalk will get on. What, What do you make of the season so far? And I suppose going back to that question, what were your. What did you make of the squad when you took over?
3: Yeah, well, there was no squad really. Uh, we had um, Rhino Kane and Maya were two young players that were re-signed for next season or for this season. And Andy Boyle and Daryl Lee. Apart from that, there was there was no one else re-signed. So I don't know how you got the quietly confident vibe off me because uh, you know you're all you're unsure, and um, you know you have, when you have a squad to fill in a short space of time. It was the middle of December. So the players have done brilliantly and um, results were a little bit in and out in pre-season. You know, we got a wallop by Bose at Oriel and lost to Waterford. So we were still assembling a squad and the lads were, we had a couple of injuries and lads were still getting to know each other. So just shows you um, how well the players have gelled and, and how well they, they've sort of applied themselves to have a, have a satisfactory first, first half of the season like we've had.
1: How did you sell the idea of going to Docks, the likes of Nathan Shepherd and some of the other players who came in, and some of the players who obviously had to resign as well?
3: Yeah, well, the Dogs a big club. It has a good. Uh, pr- it has a good stature. Um, you know, it's been the dominant team uh, up until a couple of years ago over the last decade, and the training facilities are as good as you'll get anywhere. So, once you get people to have a look at at the training ground, um, you know all the facilities we have uh at our disposal it's an impressive place so once you get them in and around it and and, um you get them up and they get a feel for it for the town and the facilities um you know it's a very attractive it's a very attractive place to play and especially with the success that that's been here um you know in the very very recent times
1: what was it like going back as a manager because like you'd you, you you'd done a stint there as opposition analyst, but then you sort of left for a couple of years. So what was it like? Did it feel to you like um, did it feel like going home to some extent?
3: Uh, like it was it was um, you know it was seeing a lot of familiar faces when you went back in. Usually you go into a job and. Very limited the amount of people, you know, or the amount of faces, you know, but there was there was plenty um, of familiar faces that I had very good relationships with when, when I was here as a as a player. So and, and that made it a lot easier and a, and a lot more comforting to, to go in there and, and see so many people that that you would have, you would have a lot of time for. So it was a little bit different to going to different places where obviously you get to know everyone from scratch. There's a lot of people that I, I did I had a bit of history with already at Dundalk. So that was always good and a lot of good people at the club.
1: What are the owners like? What have they been
3: like to deal with them? What are their ambitions? Very supportive. Um, it's just been so ambition-wise. We haven't probably had a time, had time to sit down and speak ambitions because it's been so sort of uh, straight from the get-go of, as I said, assembling a squad as quick as we could to be ready for for the start of the season so we haven't had a, had, had a, a huge amount of time to to sit down and, and see where we're at and see where we want to go but they've been massively supportive and, uh, and it's we've tried to do and um, you know have a really good relationship with them and everyone's sort of you know going in the one direction and, and so far we've enjoyed the first half of the season and as just like obviously all the, the owners are, are really busy in their in their own sort of um, daily businesses, so they have a lot going on. But I think to find that the, the release or not the release, but the the interest of a club so close to their heart, um, they're all from Dundalk, and um, you know that makes it a little bit of extra special. I would suspect. Yeah,
1: and uh, I guess you know th- there's been talk of of their ambitions, but like, does it feel like it's a club that's well run now because it's had its problems in the past?
3: Yeah definitely, um, as I said the facilities are great um, everyone's sort of rolling in the same direction and we're looking to sort of re-establish Dundalk as a, as a, as a higher end club in the league and uh, make it an attractive um, what we spoke about just earlier, making it an attractive proposition an attractive place for, for players, players to come and develop and play in front of a football mad crowd and and, and, and live in a football mad town and that's what Dundalk is so um as I said, there's lots and lots of pluses. And um, you know, we, we try and obviously you make that a little bit easier for to make it attractive for people to come the more successful you are on the pitch. So that's our main objective is is um is trying to be as successful as we can on the pitch, just irrespective of of I suppose a lot of people get caught up in results and, and positions and league tables. So that doesn't change how we approach a week on, week out every day of training. So um you know, I'd like to think it's a place where, where players, young players, um, will come and, and see that they can develop and improve.
1: And just before we get to the forms you've been showing, like, do you think you will have like the resources and the money to strengthen, uh, if needs be, in the near future?
3: Um, yeah, As I said, Aniston in the first half of the season, I've been very supportive, and I've sort of requested, but we've got to be realistic too. Um There's other clubs in the league that have have a lot more sort of. I say um, we have to be careful with our recruitment in the sense of, you know, we're only going. We don't have it to go and sign three or four players and hope maybe one works out or, or, or two works out. We have to be uh, really diligent in the way we go and recruit. And you know, we have we're very happy with the players we have at the minute. So anyone that we come in. You know, I need to be fairly sure that they can add a lot to to our team. We're not just going to sign players in bulk for the sake of it. Um, you know, we have to be diligent in, in our recruitment and make sure anyone that does come in will improve this, improve the team, improve the squad. And has that generally been the case with the players you've signed?
1: Um, some young players from Wales in particular, obviously Conley's done really well. Um, have they gelled well with the existing players?
3: Yeah, well, that's the main sort of heartbeat of the team, of the squad. Is It's good camaraderie, loads of good people. You need that. If you don't have that, you ain't going to be successful. And that's what we've managed to sort of garner and, and managed to sort of get is, is really good people, first and foremost, and that make each other feel comfortable in their environment and also pushing them. And then if you have that, you see people going and excel. And, and you know, we, we've had a lot of lads come in new not really having a clue of the league, and uh, and I've done really well, and you know it, it's 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 been a very much a squad thing. Uh, in regards, we don't have the biggest squad, but everyone feels part of it, and everyone has played a massive part up until now. What have the lads that have come in new to the league made of it? I've not really spoke in depth with them about it. I, I'm sure they got a a surprise at the standard I would say, um, and how competitive it is, and. You know how uh, fast-paced the games are, so that probably took them a little bit of time to get used to it. But um, I think they've they've really enjoyed it. Uh, nothing like playing in front of supporters and really good home fans, and nothing like that feeling when you get a win or a hard-fought three points in front of fans. Just the elation and the sort of adrenaline buzz you get just after the final whistle. So I think they've enjoyed really all that side of it and going to play in other. Tough venues, it in really good games like the Brandywell and tal and Daly Mountain, Inchicore in these places. I think they've embraced it and, and they are enjoying it. You mentioned Inchicore when when you
1: played Pat's and obviously that was a game that was in the in the headlines for obvious reasons. When you played Pat's and you drew nil all, I think the general feeling was that like Pat's were the better team that night. Robbie Benson missed a reasonable chance. Other than that, Pat's had better chances. But ever since then, or give or take around then, like it's been a complete transformation in in terms of. The table now you've gone um, six ahead of Pats with the game in hand, We've gone ahead a point of ahead of Derry City. You've lost two games out of 18. So, has there been a dramatic progress or has it just been that you're just gradually getting better?
3: Yeah, I just think it's gradually getting better. We, we were disappointed with the way we played it at NG Core, and um, the week before, I think we, we had a good home win maybe against UCD. And um, I thought that was a good performance, probably our best of the season. And then we were a little bit disappointed with the way we played against Pat. But gradually then, um, we've been playing well. Um, especially our home form, we've, we, we've really gone and produced some very good performances at home. And then we've managed to marry that in you now that in recent weeks, just before the break, we're having um, a couple of good away wins, you know, going up to Derry, winning um, good performance. And then, Going back and it up then with another long trip on the Monday against Fit Harps not easy. And, um, you know, we got a good result. So the gradual progression in the group has been there. And definitely. So, you know, and we were always kind of, I always felt we were training well. So I always felt, you know, it was just a matter of time before we got our performances out on a Friday night. But I felt the standard and the quality in training was good. And when you have that and um, you're always confident that um, over the course of time, that will. Sort of mirror itself come Friday nights. What did you say to Rory Higgins after that win in the Brandywell? Ah, nothing really. Um, it was a good win against a really good team. He's had a few sort of injuries and that the big players, but they, they still have a very, very good team. And uh, you know they're definitely they're definitely going to be reinvigorated come the second half of the season, as I said. From a quality standpoint, there's some top players and the pitch at the Brandywell is very big. So anytime you go up there, it's going to be a good game. It lends itself to being a good game. And I thought that was a, a good quality game, that game against Terry. And we were delighted to come out on top. Do you, do you feel that
1: yourself and Padge Craig now kind of understand each other after at this? By, what, what are you together now? Two and a half years or whatever it is?
3: Ah, oh, we've always understood each other, you know. and um, We've always understood each other. From playing, from when we were kids, when we were together since 13 or whatever it may be we've always had a good understanding of each other so nothing's changed in that department obviously we've got a little bit more experience as has gone on in regards um the league etc it's different the other side fence. so we've we, we we've always had a good handle on each other and each other's personality so that was that was never a, an issue he, um, you took off Paul Doyle in
1: that game at halftime against Platts, and um, I haven't—I have to admit—I haven't seen that much of done Dundalk since. But by all accounts, he's done very well. And has that been the case with him that he's grown into that player that you thought he he was? I suppose.
3: Yeah, he's done excellent. Um, again, his reaction from sort of that—you know—he trained he trained brilliantly after that, and I think it's a massive test of character and personality when that happens. So you. How you react from a, a risk, but you know, it wasn't the case. We took him off and we didn't have a chat about it, we took him off and, and had a good chat. So that was just for that isolated game, uh, the way it was going. But uh, he was left to know on certain terms in regards the potential I saw in him and, and the future he'll have at the club. And you know, he's been really, really good and he's getting better and better and he's trained better and better. So for a lot of lads, it's, it's a huge sort of culture change or not culture change but a, a different sort of pressure you know uh, when you're when you're going to a, a big club and that's Paul's been playing with UCD and obviously not loads and loads of home fans in, in the games he he's played with UCD and it's a different pressure so it takes it takes a while for for players to acclimatize but you know Paul's shown and training from from pre-season what a good footballer he'll be and we'll keep improving him keep developing them, and you know he's been excellent. As have, you know, the majority, if not all, of the squad. If I've been delighted with all their individual contributions at different stages. How important has Robbie Benson's return been? Big. We we had a good we had a good record when Robbie was out. Also, that's what I'm saying it's been a very mm. much a a sort of a collective effort. But Robbie's huge. He he's huge. He always has big moments. Um. And he, he's, he's like not the loudest, but he's a big personality in regards. He, he does it at, at good times. He plays well in big games. He, he has big moments in big games. So in that regard, he, he's a big game player. And he's been there. He's experienced it all. And now it's, sort of, it's changed a little bit. He's one of the older pros, one of the more experienced ones to go and, and, and show the young ones how you apply yourself and what it's like. And there's no better person than Robbie to do that.
1: Obviously, his goal would have garnered a lot of attention in Brandywell, but uh, I just want to talk to you about the other goal because it was a really, really quick change of possession from Derry trying to play out, and then it ended up with one of the Dundalk veterans, I think you won't mind me calling him, Patrick Huben, finishing off. But that sort of goal must give you a lot of satisfaction because it was just a quick turnaround.
3: Yeah, transition, obviously, you know, when the other team have the ball, that's when they're at their most expansive. So if you win it back, you know, the... the, the, the naturally they're going to be expansive they're going to be stretched and if you can get your first pass or two away their oppositions will be open but that started from John Martin sort of um, duelling with Cameron Dunmigan probably should have had a free kick in the corner never giving up then running sort of 20 yards back to where I think Nick Nick the ball off Brandon Kavanaugh from behind and that's where that goal came from and then a little bit of good quality um, a little a lovely soft set by Greg Sloggett, and then Great little slip by John Martin, great movement by Pat and a brilliant finish off his left foot. So that came from work ethic, never giving up, winning the ball back and then having that little bit of quality in your couple of passes to go and punish.
1: Do you feel Nathan Shepard has gotten the credit he deserves, I suppose, nationally?
3: Yeah, I think he has. I think everyone's, um, well, I'm not sure nationally, but I think everyone in Dundalk and that's been to the games and recognised how good he has been for a young player and in such a big position as a keeper and played in goals against Holland on, on Saturday was it. And, you know, nearly kept a clean sheet to concede it on against the stars. So the sort of Holland 21. So, um, again, played very well. So delighted with, with Nathan, really good sort of solid individual, the type of mentality and, and coolness and maturity you want, especially in a keeper position. So he's been brilliant. I think he's really sort of thrown himself into the way of life here. And, um, you know, he, he's really adapted really well and I couldn't couldn't speak highly enough of him, you know, from a character standpoint and obviously his performances.
1: And just to ask about um, Connolly as well, who obviously was one of the more high-profile signings, Mark Connolly, and I mean, your defensive record has, has been pretty impressive, it has to be said.
3: Yeah, especially from open play. I think our numbers we've conceded um, from open play maybe around four, I think, for the season. Or No, sorry, seven and four yeah. of them were probably in the first two games against Derry and Bose, Um, or three of them maybe in the first two games from Derry and Bowe's. So, you know, from open play, we've been really good. Um, mark has been a huge part of that, real sort of leader and vocally very good and just excellent in both sides of the ball. As I said, organisation out and out defending and also you know um, very good on it uh, really good quality on it can start up attacks as well which is crucial can play clever passes and um, him Andy Boyle has been excellent Sam Bone has been excellent Um, Brian Garton's been a little bit unfortunate with injuries but when when he's played he's been very good as well so as I said that's just four centre-halves that have have been very good whenever they've played, and that goes throughout the, the team, really. You know, I've been delighted. People have been, have had really good runs of form at different stages of the season, and also lads that haven't started and have come off the bench have had huge impacts for us to go and win games. Have you? So, if you win on Friday against Sharmac Rovers in Oriel, are you
1: title contenders?
3: Honestly, like that's all sort of nonsense talk because, yeah. It's all hearsay in regards, if you lose two games, you're not title contenders. If you win two, oh, you are, but like that, that's all just, uh, it's all noise because we just concentrate on what we've been doing, working hard every day and then just see where that ends up, like really just take it as like, let's work hard for the next 18 games we're halfway through and see where we end up come the end of the season because there's no point in, in, in talking, etc. It's It's just going to be how we train and how we play. And as I said, we'll dolly all the points up come the end of the season and, and, and see where we're at. But for us to be where we are now, is a huge testament to the players because, as I said, no pundit, no one um, outside of, of here would have had us near, say, come second spot after 18 games. So that's all down to the players, how, how hard they've worked, how well they've gelled with each other. And what they've given to us. So um anything like that in regards to that application, second half of the season, that's all that's all we as coaches staff can ask for, you know.
1: Have you have you channeled your inner Gaelic football passer in the in the dress room by telling the lads nobody rates us except us? Is that part of your motivation plan this season?
3: No, not even. Um, you know, we've we've good players in in their own right, um, but we have I've heard people saying, They've gone under the radar, but so like that doesn't make a difference to us. And um, we just keep sort of applying ourselves. And then over time, um, you'll get whatever you get in regards to kudos, but um like that's all just distractions and thinking about different things. Just apply yourself to your craft every day. See, so you can you improve, get little improve small sort of percentages, and then that and that'll culminate in the team improving, and that's where we are. So individuals have improved a lot from the start of the season and obviously then that as I said culminates in the collective collective improvement and we still have more improvement obviously to go and um, and we're we're competing with far more established sort of clubs as in settled clubs none more so than the team we're playing on Friday that have a settled squad add add couple of top quality players each season and have a massive squad so and um, we're embracing that challenge and we'll see how we go on Friday
1: yeah, so the game in Tala, um, you know, you had a couple of chances in the first half. I thought Shamrock Rovers in the second half. I thought some of their moments was as good as I've seen in the League of Ireland in terms of just getting on top of what I thought was a good game. How good are Shamrock Rovers versus the sort of the teams of the past? Or how how, how um, close are you to, I suppose, closing
3: the gap with them? Ah, They're a good side. They have lots of good individuals, Um, you know and um, there's no there's no getting away from that they are a good team very good team throughout their squad they can i think was it against sligo Steven made uh, it was nil all at half time was and he made four changes at half time so um yeah it was nil all at half time yeah yeah four quality changes so that tells you the depth they have so there's, there's you know but you got to embrace that as a player as a coach you want to be coming up against good good coaches good players uh, good clubs so looking forward to pitting ourselves against them on Friday, and um, I agree with you. I thought the game was a good game in talent on a lovely surface, and um, we thought it was a good game at Oriel as well. And then the all game chance a lot of chances both ends, and um, so I hope Friday will be no different. And I think they're always good uh, competitive games, good tempo to them. And you know, if you're an average player, you 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 will start to be found out. So I always think that there's 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 um. Lots of good players in both teams, and I don't think Friday will be any different. Are you disappointed? Stuff on the box? Uh, I didn't even sort of think about it. I, I uh-huh. actually didn't know if it was or wasn't on the box. Um, yeah, look, first and second in the national league. You know, you after 18 games, you 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 would think it would be on telly, but that's mm. another day of work, and we just focus on and um, making sure it's a, it's a good game, and we're very competitive in it.
1: The fact that you're not in Europe, like is, I mean, the
3: draws were made today just before I recorded this. Um, is, is that is that a positive in some respects for you? It can work both ways. When you're in Europe and you're getting good results, you can absolutely ride the crest of a wave. You utilise your whole squad. Everyone's confident trying to get in that European team. And then the, the league matches take care of themselves at the weekend. So it can work as a massive positive, too, uh, for people to to re-energise people and get people excited and that carries it over into league games so um, look we'll see what way it works for the clubs that are in Europe you can get into a rhythm as well by playing games in Europe and if you get positive results it can be a huge shot of confidence and then you actually kind of go into league games then feeling you know you're a little bit better than the standard and you go and play like that so um, we just focus on ourselves it's we like sort of having a week to prepare for each game. So in that in that department, uh, uh, you'd like to think it would suit us. Just uh,
1: obviously memories of Europe bring back memories of Stephen Kenny and all that. Have you have you taken any notice of of kind of all the hysteria between the Ukraine game and the win over Scotland, um in in relation to his position and all this kind of. I mean, as a manager yourself, what do you make of that? Like, he's obviously in the spotlight, but it just seems a bit, like, we seem a bit bipolar almost as a nation in terms
3: of football. Yeah, but I think that's, that's the way the world's gone now. Um, You're either, you're either there's just both ends of the spectrum with any sort of individual or anything. You're totally against it or totally for it. There's no middle ground or sort of, everything's reactionary. Um, It's all sort of, you know, knee-jerk, but social media, you know, adds a lot to that as well. So, um, I'm sure Stephen, like, like if he was to go go with the emotions of each game, you know, it, it's not healthy of the defeat to Ukraine and Armenia and then the positivity after the Scotland game. As he said in his interview after, he knows what he's doing, he trusts what he's doing and that's what you always fall back on if you believe in what you're doing. And the process, um, you can't be going with reactions um, because... Social media lends itself to that now. Everything is reactionary, and everyone has a platform, and it's just sensationalist stuff um, 90 percent of the time. So, look at that's the the world we live in. If you're going into coaching or that, you know you're going to have to live with that. If you're going into anywhere under a spotlight, um, in today's world, you're going to have to live with that. But you can't be swayed by it. Did
1: you? Were you surprised? Even Bradley didn't go to Lincoln as people thought he might.
3: Oh Look, I don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, I'm, not, I'm not surprised ever in regards, because you don't know the personal stuff, you don't know the details. So obviously Stephen had good reasons not to go. So you can never sort of, everyone looks at it from the outside black and white, but nothing's ever black and white when it comes to your own self just loads of different things to weigh up, so um, well, let's say for
1: you, Stevie, like you have two young kids now you're settling in Dublin. like to, I mean, I presume that color is where you are as a manager going forward,
3: yeah, exactly, and Steven as 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 young kids too, and a wife Emma, and you know like a lot of people don't take that into account so you don't know the circumstances of anything. um so you have to weigh everything up, and then yeah, everyone has to be in agreement um it's a massive move so and
1: um, have you enjoyed the the challenge of taking on Bradley and like Damien Duff now
3: is is there John Wilson's yeah, taking over at Sligo love it yeah I I really enjoy it um sort of coming up against against them you know you mentioned Damien Duff like not just any sort of ex-international but one of our greatest ever you know the career he's had and even the coaching career he's had first team coach at Ireland and with Brendan Rogers at Celtic and that. So how can you not enjoy that? And then um, someone obviously that throws himself fully into it. He's not tipping around the edges and saying, i a man in Shelburne and I'll just tip away. I'm a bit above this. He's flung himself right into it. And I've massive, massive respect for that. And, um, and I really enjoy coming up against all the coaches and and trying, you know, obviously picking your wits, but people get fixated on coaches and that ultimately it's about it's about players, good players deciding games in, in moments, making the right decision or or recovering through sort of honesty and hard work and winning a ball back, whatever it may be. That's what it's about. It's it's all about the players. They have to do the hard things when they cross the white line, go and perform, work hard and have the confidence and personality to get on the ball. And I think loads is made of sort of coaches now. And um, but you watch all the games, it's moments from players, positive or negative, that dictate them.
1: Just just coming to the end now, the, the pitch at Oriel, you mentioned the pitch in Tala that night it was, it was an absolute carpet. Would you like the pitch in Oriel to be
3: turned to grass in due course? Uh, I'd always be a fan of grass pitches, to be honest. Um you know, I, I always was as a player in that, but um, so we'll see. I understand obviously the reasons why astroturf for clubs works, um, you know, from a cost point, etc. So, but from from a, just a personal opinion, I I I um, I'm always a fan of grass pitches.
1: That's fine, you see me then. Do you feel there's been at this stage there's been closure from the St. Pat's, um exit? I know there was kind of talk of different different legal opinions and so on and so forth. But do you feel that that's moved on now and you're
3: kind of you're getting on? Yeah, the look, board. yeah. That's on. You know, I actually think it's disrespectful that we keep going on about it when there's people in in charge you now at the respective places. So, um, yeah, that's that's gone. I don't think anyone's too bot cares too much about it now they're only focused on the here I know about with their clubs and that so um look wish them all the best and uh, in Europe um whenever the draw is for, for the second round um who does Sligo get actually
1: Sligo got a team in Wales actually yeah so that'll uh the, the draws have been favorable in fairness.
3: Yeah Derry got Riga and Rovers mm. got Hibernians didn't they?
1: Yeah so um I guess for like for Tim Clancy as well, it's been um, it's been uh, you know he was he, he's kind of a new manager friend of yours as well, so it's there's a lot of narratives going on in the league at the moment.
3: Yeah, I get on really well with Tim, great fella, knew him long before um, either of us went down the coaching route. Uh, mm. So again, wish him all the best. Obviously, apart from when when he plays against us, but uh, in Europe and that's uh, really exciting time. Excited for him uh, and all the coaches and all the clubs involved. It's a great time of year as a player, you know, in the summer. Looking forward to the European draw and then seeing where you're going and um, all that type of thing. So that's where every sort of coach and player wants to be.
1: Yeah, last question for you. I mean, that has to be the minimum of your ambitions at this stage. Isn't it like at the, the break, your your second, you've got to be
3: hoping for Europe anyway? Well, that's the maximum of our ambitions in the sense of how before the maximum, you're in the
1: Tiger Race on Friday, no? Oh? Before the season
3: started, um, you know it was it was like there was a lot more settled squads than our one, and we had to start from scratch. So, um, the where we are, and we'll see where it co- we'll see where we go now. And you know, there's a lot a lot of things can change, and um, you know you're reliant on as well. A lot of things. Out of your control in regards uh, your bigger players staying injury free, etc. So yeah. there's a lot of sort of things that you can't control that could determine as well the second half of your season or any stage of your season.
1: Yeah, Stevie talking in advance of Dundalk Shamrock Rovers. Bowes play shells, Derry play Drogheda, Pat play UCD, and Sligo play Finn So there are sort of three very big games there uh, in the sense of um, Bowes shells local derby. Dundalk, Shamrock Rovers, Sligo Finn Harps. Um, it's just mad, Dan. Like if Dundalk win this game, they're I mean, I can't see them win the league, but at the same time, they've just crept up there unannounced, um, and it's it's been. He must be delighted with the start, as he more or less implies that he is.
0: Yeah, I know he sort of half played it down there about them not being in Europe, and obviously, it's a bit of a daft thing to say. It's not an advantage being in Europe, I and mean, that's where everyone in the league wants to be, as he pointed out. But certainly with Pat's last year, there's no doubt that. It gave them a degree of structure, mm. um, you know, having a game a week generally. I know it, it wasn't always the case with them, but you know there was other pers- postponements at various times. But generally, it, it sort of means you can prepare for every game. And no matter what you say, I take his point about you know teams that do well in Europe, they, you know, they're on a crest of a wave and it carries them. But you also have had mad results over the years for teams coming out of Europe as so well. So I go yeah, Dundalk did as well too. Hmm. After a great European run, and their their worst spell under Vinny's return was probably after that game in Derry, where they were unlucky with injuries, and then their form sort of, you know, tailed off when they when they looked to be really gathering strides. So, um, it it is an advantage for them. There's no there's no way of sugarcoating that. And I suspect they will be allowed to strengthen, um, in the summer because there was a lot. I think it's a there's probably going to be a lot of movement for various reasons. It was a bit of a rush transfer window for some clubs. Then you have a lot of six month loans or loans with the potential to be ended after six months. Um, you see Dan Williams went back from Dundalk. Then yeah, the, the, the Lincoln did. lads have drawn. out. There's a few things that people aren't sure what, what's going to happen. So um, I think I think Dundalk, to be fair, he touched on it. I don't think they've they've played especially well at times. Um, but they've continued to get results they've only lost what twice isn't it they've been consistent enough um, and I think yeah they'll definitely qualify for Europe anyway um, I'm, I'm not sure I, I, can, I can't see them getting close to Rovers but um, I think I think I can certainly see them finishing in the top three which is ahead of a lot of expectations at the, at the beginning of the year
1: yeah, you mentioned the two Lincoln lads returning from Strada. I think it's fair to say that's a massive blow to them. Um, they've just had a really, really key role. Also, I suppose the big news uh, we've had since we were away, Dan, was Bose uh, getting yet another football jersey out of something. And obviously, the Bray Ultras uh, who host Galway United uh, on Friday night. So looking forward to that with a little bit of trepidation
0: in the Caroline. Yeah, well, I mean, if the well, I mean, once once Bray don't to decide to style a, a jersey based on something to do with their fan base so it'll just end up you know wearing where a, a shirt which consists of a of an angry bemused looking teenager uh just like a montage of them across a shirt the dublin bus one i mean bows yeah they've got a dublin burst shirt they're going to play berlin union berlin and a friendly and you know life is good they've signed a few interesting players yeah. as well um is what they signed john o'sullivan Um, who who was playing in League One until recently. I mean, we got very excited about Owen Doyle coming from League One where he was scoring. And John O'Sullivan with a smaller club, um, Accrington, but he was involved regularly in League One until recently. And he might give them something to their midfield that they need. Um, And I think there was always thought that Keith Long hadn't used all of his budget at the start of the season. Um, And now they do do have the financial strength still, I think, to, to, to strengthen... Um a lot of strength there in that back-to-back yes. sentence, but like they they uh they can push on, but I think the fear for some of these clubs is that their inconsistency has allowed them to all potentially maybe to slip away from them in that race and and they'll be they're in a weird place of do you want rovers to sort of dominate and and bring the pack back here you? um you know to make that sort of race for a second third fourth uh competitive um that there, there's definitely a, an angle to that that you could sort of uh, pick apart. The Bray stuff is just, I mean, I, I don't know, like we've had antisocial stuff all year, uh, but there's a very strange element to the whole thing. And Bray, I mean, is it just people who weren't used to watching games before? I, I don't know, I don't want to speculate too much about it because. It's not something I spent a huge amount of time looking at, but play, um, the the Gowee scenes, Gowee Saturday, not yeah.
1: long ago, they basically borrowed like the image, you know, the Twitter images for fixtures that Galway United were used and just crudely imposed Bray over them when they were playing at Lone. I mean, it's just been so many pathetic stories from the club this year. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Treaty are playing at Lone Town. Uh, and on Saturday, Longford play Cork City, who are now, of course, the league leaders again. And uh, if I didn't mention Cove, Wexford, and obviously Bray, Galway on Friday. Dan, you are going to go back in time here to a little bit of a Maltese and um, booze given away because I think you're going to involve Shell's Hibernians, 20 years ago here in your quiz question. Simple
0: question. Simple question. That was a, a low point um, in, in recent memory, I think, for Shell's League of Ireland results. Who was their manager for that game? When oh, I mean, you think it's yeah. a straightforward question. Um, who was their manager for that match? Who was in charge? Yeah, the, yeah, the Shellburn manager. Yeah, who was... Been interviewed afterwards, so who's the shells boss? Yeah, um, it's it's probably not that hard, really. But um, it's uh, it was a it's a great lesson that tie in in complacency and what can happen when you think you've got it made after a first leg result and then you don't do the job at home. Um, because I think um I think a lot of the shells. I think Stuart Burn wrote about this recently. I think they ended up staying in the same hotel as George Best for the away leg in malta and i was just when the in the aftermath of saipan and all of that um, i do not think going am get my stories mixed up too much there 2002 and yeah they were you know s- spending time with george best um, and as, as my mother said to me earlier the nathan collins goal uh reminded her of george best she hadn't seen him driven since that since george best so there you go no pressure yeah. nathan collins that's yeah. he I, don't you, that. I don't think you have that type of lifestyle to be fair
1: uh, yeah, and the, the winner of last week's uh, four brews was Killian Fitz, who got the answer right, and the answer was Gary O'Neill, who was the carry man who obviously got that winning goal uh, in the cup final, Dan, which um, is another fairly easy question, I suppose.
0: It was, yeah. I mean, listen, we, we don't want to test people too hard, Johnny. Like People are all over the place at the moment with their their calendar, what's happening. Maybe that's just me because the international break has completely disorientated me. But like, this is actually... the I think this is potentially the best time of the year in the league of Ireland the next month or so, when they have the, the European games and the centerpiece of, of uh, the football world. There's no Premier League. Um, it's it's a, it's a blank canvas and, and these are the times to sort of get stories out there. That's not nothing to do with the quiz really. Um this is more of a general point that um, this this show this week. I mean, we're both sort of arriving in after a little break. So I'm not sure we've been at our best. I'm not sure what I'm not sure what our own player rating would be for this pod it's been more, more than
1: Ethan collins anyway
0: six out of ten seven out of ten maybe even a five we're just easing our way back in for people who can't see you right now you have your bike gear on you are literally ready to hit the road and and, and sort of pound the pound the pavement somewhere where are you often in your cycle
1: I'm off to like Wicklow, but I'm I'm um, yeah. The, it's like it's bright till about ten now, so I'll get out. We're half seven recording, so I should be all right. go going to a little bit of South Dublin and Wicklow, and uh, clearly old well, head. You out. head
0: into Bray, Bray direction. See not how not today, but on
1: Friday, of course. Friday, yeah. I've cycled okay. out to Bray before. Had a little dip and got into the Carlisle ground. So yeah, pleasant place to watch football. I used to be anyway.
0: You got into the Carlisle grounds. I have. But did you break in after your dip the way you suggested, it, or was it where you? I cycled
1: out there and they looked after me with the bike, and it was it was all good, it was all good. Hmm. Different regime. Which,
0: which Which I was going to say, which regime was that? Was that the North yeah. Korean one? I think it was post the... North
1: Korea, pre whatever this is. Um, <laughs> this is. I don't even one. want to
0: say what this one is, but it's it's something. Yeah. We'll be
1: back in person next week. Uh, we'll be. Will we, Dan? Will we be back in person? I hope
0: so, Johnny. Yeah, I hope so, Johnny. That's the plan. and
1: also enjoy game if you're there this weekend that was LOI Central which I'll be back next week